This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Pride of West London podcast and the season is over and what a season we've had. It seems like an eon ago we were up in Middlesbrough and the boys went down three goals to nil but what an evening. Brentford did absolutely everything this season. They were absolutely fantastic but they just ran out of steam. The fact is we got to the playoffs, the Borough, they were better than us. The scoreline after all four matches this season reinforces that. But boy, did we go out with a bang. Yes, we may have lost yet our eighth playoff of all time, but did it really matter? The fans in the last 15 minutes really showed the team and the world that we might be tin pot in their eyes, but we're proud of who we are and we've done it on a fraction of the money that they're all on. So who cares? We had a massive night out in Borough, an absolutely huge night. I'm to be honest with you, I'm still recovering. But listen there. I'm Billy Grant, and I'm extremely proud to be a Brentford fan, and I'm here with the boys, the usual rebel, Mr. David Lane. How are you doing? Are you recovered from your week in Borough, your, your weekend in Borough, your I, night? I, I am recovering. I am not drinking this week because I drank a fair bit, it has to be said, um, on the way up and um, et cetera in Borough. But yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, that last 15 minutes really summed up what it meant to be a Brentford fan. Um, and that was just a really fitting way to end the season um, and a fitting way to say goodbye to uh, a, you know, a great Brentford manager in Mark Warburton. Um, I thought that without those last 15 minutes, it would have, it could have been a bit of a could have been a bit of a not depressing evening, but it could have been a bit of a bit of a sobering evening because um, in the end um, we just weren't in it. So um, you know there was. You know, it, I think it was a rousing, fitting, moving end to the season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, um, the close season and whatever that brings. Um, um, but it was just a great way, um, apart from, you know, saying goodbye to the players and saying goodbye to the manager. It was a brilliant, brilliant night to uh, spend with your mates after travelling up and down the country for nine months. It was um, a great trip, Bill. Cheers. That's no problem at all. And Mr. Carthew, are you feeling emotional? I mean, because it was a fairly emotional week, you know, it's the come down. It's like, it's almost like the adrenaline for nine months and all of a sudden the come down, you know, we lost, but then we felt victorious because we, 
you know, we did fairly well this season, didn't we? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel emotional on the night. I just felt great pride um, in a t- although we tinged with a bit of sadness is that yet again it was another final game where Brentford team perhaps didn't turn up. But you know, no no criticism going. I looked back uh, on the uh, video of that last ten minutes of, of us all. And it was everybody in the crowd singing their hearts out. And that brought a tear to the eye. Um, that was just ah, fantastic. That was the best moment I've had of, at any Brentford game this season. And at Matt Allard, are you feeling that the stone's been turned and we're, we're sort of going into a new chapter into our life? Is that how you're feeling? Yeah, it, in, in a lot of respects, it was the end of, a, of another Brentford era, wasn't it? Um, on Friday night, um, and we we finished it off in a you know in style. I thought, just as everyone else has said, the last ten or fifteen minutes, it was just this sort of constant you know noise, and and it and it was about pride and being proud of the team and um, and everything they have achieved because they've achieved. It's been an astonishing season, really, and um, way beyond what any of us could have ever expected. So. And we've got to say as well, I mean, a massive, you know, this was the final game for Mark Warburton, David Weir. And I've got to say, massive shouts got to go out to Mark Warburton. Tribute to an absolutely fantastic manager. He's a great manager. He's also a lovely bloke and an absolute gentleman in the way he's dealt with this whole leaving the club shenanigans. You know, a lot of fans, you know, nearly everyone said they don't want him to go. They don't want him to go. But the situation has happened. Let's just park that for a minute to just to just concentrate on the fact that Mark Warburton has been an absolute pleasure having him as a manager, guiding our team and giving us some of the greatest days that we've had ever as being a Brentford fan. And I know I could say for myself and a lot of the Brentford fans out there, they're so happy um, to have Mark manage our team. Sad to see him go. But at the same time, we also wish him all the best in wherever he goes next. There's going to be no problem in getting another job, a decent job somewhere. And I have to even say that even if he went to QPR or Fulham, which he probably isn't going to go to, but even if he went there, I'd have to tip my hat and say, fair enough to you, mate. You, you have to go and do what you've got to do. And that just goes to show you how great we put him in our regards. Absolutely, mate. What you say? Absolutely. No, I, I echo that. Um, you know, I've, I've said before on this podcast, in different circumstances, he's the kind of guy that you would want associated with your club forever. You know, there's, there's, you know he, he epitomises Brentford. He's honourable, he's decent, he's modest. Um, there's nothing big time about him in his personality. Um, hopefully there will be something big time in his career. I think he deserves it. I think he's a, I think he's a visionary. He might not share Matthew Warburton's, um, um, Matthew Benham's uh, visions, but um, you know he, he's he's good to himself as well. He's got confidence in his ability, and he's got confidence in the way he wants to be a manager. Uh, I, I was actually moved um, as he as he came over and clapped us for the last time. As he walks back towards the tunnel, he he couldn't help himself but to keep looking over his shoulder and looking at the fans singing his name. Um, and he, he, although he probably tried not to, and I don't know why he would try not to, I think it's only human nature you try not to, but he did have a look over his shoulder again as he got to the tunnel. Um, and I, that, I thought that was just, you know, that's, it, was, it was quite sad. You know, it, it's, it's a shame that it ended like that. In fact, it ended in defeat, a heavy defeat. Um, and you know a season that was so promising and was so magnificent in so many ways it ended on a bit of a low but you know it was there were two games that we didn't expect 
Um, and in the first leg at Griffin Park, we did perform, and in the second one, you know, yeah, we, it, there is no other. There's no other analogy to we ran out of steam, and Middlesbrough were stronger than us. They had a bigger squad. Um, and they deservedly went through. And um, you know, I think all the lads and lasses that we met up in Borough and met at Griffin Park this season, I hope I hope they um, I hope they end the season on a on a massive high on Monday, and they they do long ball Norwich. And Matt as well. I mean, you were chatting chat to us up in Borough about how Warburton's had such an effect on you over this you know last couple of years, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's it's a lot of it to do. I, <laughs> It's, it's that forward thinking on the pitch. I know there's a different debate off the pitch, but on the pitch, um, I, I think as an as an English manager, he's just one of the most inc- you know one of the most forward thinking managers we've seen at any level in English football. Um, I, I struggle to remember many teams managed by Englishmen that play football in such in such a way with with just you know absolute fluidity at its best. Um, there was the odd flaw and stuff, and um, and maybe. You know, if we'd have gone on, that would have come to haunt us more. Or maybe that would have been taken out of it. But I just, I, he's everything I ever wanted from a manager at Brentford, really, because he played football the right way. And it was, um, it was just, I just loved everything about the last couple of years or year and a half. Um, and it wasn't about the fact we played at a high level. It was just how good the football's been. It's been brilliant. So no, can I just, just chop, chop in there as well? I think the other thing we, we need to thank him for as well is um, to help help with the transition in the start of the transition. If it was any other manager, any anyone with an ego, anyone that was, you know, Big time, I'll use that word again. We may have come across as brash um, the way the fact that, you know, there's money being spent all of a sudden, expectations rising, you know, um, you know the, 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 the talk of even bigger money being being spent in, 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 the, you know, in, in, the near, in the near future. And I think the, the identity of the club risks being changed if it had been a different person because it was Mark Warburton and because his modesty and because of everything he did was understated and really, really kind of intelligent and measured. I think that's really helped the transition of the football club move from paupers <laughs> in relative terms to, to kind of like people that are really, really um, attracting, you know, big, big names and, you know, the, the kind of names that have been brought into the, the you know, the, the fold about this, the, the, the vacancy. So, um, you know, I, I think Warburton um, will be remembered for, for forever as just being a, you know, a, a good thing for Brentford Football Club. I think that's a really important point that Dave makes about the professionalism that Mark Warburton has shown over all this and why going forward, any club that gets him will be so lucky to have him. Uh, the the press were ever since the story came out in the Times back in February, the press had been sniffing around for hint some hint of discord. For they've been almost trying to provoke Warburton into saying something bad about Bennett, saying something bad about the approach. He's had none none of that. Um, has refused to rise to the press's bait, and I think that's that's also really impressive and really a great credit to him. When you look at some of the rubbish, the bollocks that some of the managers elsewhere in the league come out with once a, a, a pressman who are naturally looking for a good story and looking for a good headline, um, try and uh, provoke him into saying. Um, but Mark Warburton absolutely rises all above that. Two points I wanted to make about that. 
I know exactly what Dave was saying about Warburton looking back. I mean, anybody who knows me is I get a bit emotional at times. And I have to say, seeing Warburton look back and walk off that tunnel for the first time, I had a little tear in my eye and I hope he had a little tear in his eye too. And the second uh, point is that uh, he really deserves our thanks for uh, establishing Brentford clearly as a leading championship club. Um, and when we get promotion next year, I think, uh, as well as congratulating all the staff who will get us up next year, I think we also ought to congratulate Warburton for laying great, great foundations. Great foundations, and like I said to you, it's Mark Warburton as well, great manager, but also we got to congratulate him and his team as well, who he's worked tirelessly with, and he always talks about the players and the team, and it's not about all about him, it's about everyone else as well, and like I said, David Weir, who's been instrumental as well in getting us to this stage as well. I've only met him once formally, I've met him a few times, but formally once when we did the interview, and he seems a lovely bloke, really nice bloke, really grounded, and uh, he had the bees at heart as well, so good luck to them. They're going to obviously move on together, go to somewhere else. And uh, next season, we'll may probably pump into them again. But anyway, listen, we're going to go back to last Friday night. We're going to listen to what the fans had to say in the pub about that match afterwards. A lot of drunken rambling was going on. And to be quite honest with you, I was quite surprised I actually managed to get a podcast out whatsoever. But, you know, it had to be done professional in its whatever you know in the sense <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you use that word at all it, 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 what you're about to hear <laughs> listen i'm going to get my finest editing skills out now and make it sound absolutely perfect but listen this is what the fans had to say in the pub after the match up at borough <laughs> Fair play to the Borough boys. They have come here. They've done us. They've done us big and proper today. 3-0 at the Borough. And at the end of the day, we can't say nothing else, but we came here and proud as we are, Borough did a job on us today. Borough boys, very happy here at Wembley. Congratulations. Right, thanks, Billy. Very gracious in defeat, I have to say, all your lads. Uh, we enjoyed the banter over the season, meeting you down. Uh, at your place coming back up here um, all I can say is good luck for next season tear that league apart and I hope you make the right appointment in manager and hope he keep, continues the good work so all the best mate it went exactly how I thought it'd go you had to come out and attack and we do, we're a team that can change and do what we do and we we absorbed everything and caught his on a break uh, it was a good game and I wish you all the best in the future for next season. I'm proud of what they achieved during the season. Today they were a bit disappointing, but they're tired at the end of the season. They've done better than anyone thought, so I'm still proud of the boys. Borough just played a dirty tactic. They played a grim part, started taking us out early, intimidating our players. Where the young lads are getting intimidated against a more physical team over the next few seasons to get stronger and better, and we'll be fighting for Premiership next year again. Borough. Like, I don't really remember the match. There's no highlights. From the three goals they got, they got three goals. From Two were from the counter-attack. One was from, all right, could have been closed down, but 
at the end of the day, Borough deserved it tonight. At the beginning of the year, I would have bit your hand off and said 21st, I'd take 21st. Survival, I would have been happy with that. We're, we made the playoffs fantastic. Hopefully we can build on it now next year and go build up or make achieve the same as this year. Like. Obviously expectations. We, we came here as an added bonus. We slipped into the playoffs, obviously. We took what, every game of it. To come. We haven't had the luck against Borough. But we have to recognise we're not quite there top three. And Borough, over four games, 10-1. You can't begrudge that, but what a great season. Absolute top moment. 15 minutes of solid singing. Benham, Warburton, up there. What a great season! There and it was so, the bonding was fantastic. And we, we, we lost, but who would want to miss that moment today? I think we could have played Borough 400 times this year, and we wouldn't have won. <laughs> they just knew how to play us, and we can play against them. Unfortunately, against any other team, I think we'd had a chance. But I think Borough. And maybe Kranko's proved that the four times we've played them, that he's done the job on us. But at the beginning of the season, if anybody said we finish fifth and we get to the playoffs, they would have laughed at you. And we've got something to build on for next year. Middlesbrough know how to play us and we don't quite know how to score goals against them. That's how it's gone. I'm just, I'm, I'm here to celebrate a great season though. I can't knock anything about it. Yeah, outplayed today, outplayed by Borough a few times this season, but I'm celebrating just a great season. I was saying to the guys, it reminded me of going back to Martin Allen and, and, and uh, Sheffield Wednesday because I don't think we've had that sort of team bonding with the fans to that, that level since then and it really felt like we were all together and it, it, it was emotional I mean, it's going to be a very, very strange pre-season for us because we always sort of know where we're going with Brentford but I don't think any of us quite know what's going to happen in, in the start of August and it's, it's exciting but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new challenge for us as well but. So, final match of the season final podcast in the pub after the season as you can hear, the, uh, the Borough fans were delighted and drunk. The, the Brentford fans were delighted and uh, drunk. So no one obviously knew what was going on there. But, you know, still got heartfelt feelings from the fans after that match about you know, how the game went, how it was overall. People were really realistic. Borough fans were obviously buzzing because they were on the way to Wembley. We were buzzing because, you know, we had a final 15 minutes where we saw our team off. We saw Warburton off and we actually felt the passion that, you know, we, the loyalty that was there for a small team like us to to go and, and, and just do the business this season. And and it was it was an absolutely fantastic night. I mean, I know a lot of people couldn't make it. They're at work. They couldn't afford it. But it was just one of those trips where, Yes, we did lose 3 0, but you know, before the match, you know, the trip up, you know, we did a we did a coach up there, didn't we, for the first time. Um coach. Coach. I mean, sorry, what what coach? I mean, no, there was no coach. On the way up there in, in the middle of the country, it was just like the old days. First time for thirteen years that you know, done one of these ones. And it was just great getting bees together. Nice, chill, relaxed trip up there. By the time we got to Borough. The Borough fans, we went inside the Twisted Lip Pub and the, the, the welcome that we had was just phenomenal. It was just brilliant. We had such a laugh up there before the match. It was great, wasn't it? 
it was great. I, I'm not sure how great it would have been if we'd have won up there. Um, there was, I think Riverside was absolutely bouncing. I thought, I thought um, mm. for one of those new stadiums, that's probably the best atmosphere I've, I've witnessed inside there. I mean, you know, fair play. They, they really did create something special on the night. Um, and the, the team gave them every reason to, to carry that on. Um, I thought... Um, I thought, you know, obviously the pitch invasion um, by their lot at the end. Um, and I, I, I don't know whether it was planned or whether it just it just evolved like that, where there was the lull which allowed the Brentford players, they cleared the pitch and they, they allowed the Brentford players to come over. There was kind of while while the, the Middlesbrough lot were regrouping for their for their parade, their lap of honour. Um, and it gave, you know, it gave us, um, a, you know, a, a five-minute window really to, to clap our own players and then um, Clap Warburton, um, and then Middlesbrough, sort of their players came back on. Um, yeah, but you know, in in the town afterwards, um, there was a party. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very much a one club town. You know, there, there's not there's not many, there's not many fans that support anyone else. So it's literally everyone, every man, every woman, every dog, every cat, every rat, every pigeon. They are they are Middlesbrough through and through. Um, and um, you know it was Friday night as well, so it was a proper party night. So um, it was it was just it was good that we we could be part of that without um, you know without feeling too down or um, you know or too cheated. Really, it was just kind of like you know fair play to you, enjoy it. And it's funny as well because um, I know some bees fans they went out to Yarm as well and they bumped into Forshaw who was out with Bamford and. Uh... Pritchard, they're all out there sort of celebrating or celebrating sort of stroke non-celebrating together. Um, you know, a night out clubbing together. So uh, I said, obviously some of the bees came back probably by coach that night, but some of them decided, or Pritchard, who by that stage, you obviously knew that he wasn't going to be a bee anymore, decided to probably link up with some players who he's probably going to be playing with next season. So uh, yeah. I noticed there was no Brentford players staying in our hovel of a hotel, Bill. Um, <laughs> probably the worst hotel I've ever stayed in this side of the Iron Curtain I'd say <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that that the hotel we stayed in it did remind me of uh, I, I went to Kiev in the late uh, early 80s and uh, that that hotel in Kiev where a woman sat at the end of every corridor giving you giving you a key and a BDI by God, I'd go back there before I go back to that hotel in Middlesbrough. Sure, that's all she gave you, Nick. Yeah. That, I tell you, she had a beard and was, you know, 10-ton Tessie from oh, you, you were all scared. To be fair, I mean, it was quite prefab. It looked like it had been sort of built from uh, cardboard from the outside. You know, somebody had put it up probably the week before. But as far as I'm concerned, if a hotel, if the beds are clean, the sheets are clean and the room is clean, then it's a clean hotel. And it was a clean hotel. It was just, you know, it was a bit functional probably is the word. I, I, I want... I once stayed in a hotel in America where you actually put your shoes on when you went in the room. The carpet was so dirty. So, sounds like it was better than that. I'm quite um, I'm intrigued by this woman that was sitting at the end of Nick's <laughs> corridor. Does she have man's hands? <laughs> should we move on? Yes, we should move on. But anyway, well, I was just coming back to this game as well because I also, in reflection on the on the on the trip on the way back as we were trundling back on the coach the following day, what and coach? I was having a look. What coach? coach. Sorry, yeah, there was no coach. And uh, I was thinking to myself, exactly 12 months earlier, myself and Laney were actually at the playoff semi-final. Um, Uwe Rossler invited us to uh, to QPR and we stood with all the Wigan fans and we stood up there and we watched the match and we were going, 
cool, blimey, you know, this is the division that we're going to be in next season. There's, there's no way that, I mean, it's just miles ahead of where we are at the moment now. God, look, look, look they look so fantastic. You know, we're, we're nowhere near this. So it's amazing to see where you will go 12 months later, you know, the, the, the gap, you know, the, the, the way that we've just moved so far forward. We, you know, to be honest, we, we, we had no no idea that we were going to be there 12 months earlier to think, actually, this is going to be us in 12 months. We didn't think that at all, did we? No, um that was a, that was a yeah it was a bit of a strange night wasn't it at Loftus Road um um it, it, we did look at it and and we, and we did think Christ you know are we ready for this step up and you know that, I think I think that's the other reassuring thing not only have, not only have we stepped up to the mark I think Brentford would have beaten Wigan and QPR on, 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 you know a year earlier with the, with the team that we had you know we, we stopped watching last week. Um, we we really have gone to another level, um, and you know that's this is this is the, the next phase is is fascinating as far as I'm concerned. Is how we're going to craft something that's you know is, is evolving into something that's even more superior. Um, you know the, the weaknesses have been there for all to see. You know it's it's, it's not like we're you know it's not going to be a mysterious um, evolution now. It's clear it's clear where we need to get stronger. Um, and you know, I just want to see what kind of players this new system and this new way of identifying is. Um, you know, what kind of players they're going to turn out to be. And I, I just think it's a brilliant time to be a Brentford fan. I know there is. I know there's you know some insecurity, and I know there's some regrets about you know in some people's eyes. It's always you know, I think it, you know the Warburton Benham situation will always be divisive to some fans, but you know I, I, I think now it's happened um, and now it's all over. I, th- I just I just can't wait for the summer now and just just to see how good we can be for the start of next season. I'm prepared to put a bet on that this time next year the four of us won't be standing in the away end at. Uh... Loftus Road watching QPR in the playoffs there's no way that that team is going to get any QPR that is is going to get anywhere near the playoffs um they've appointed Chris manager as their Chris Ramsey as their manager which to me seems a slightly strange decision and wonder why they appointed him so quickly um but you know um, you bring on next season Loftus Road, we'll be standing there and trouncing him in a normal game, but we're certainly not going to be watching him in the Championship playoff. And talking about next season, obviously, you know, let's talk about Borough. I mean, congratulations to Borough for what they've done. Obviously, Borough and Norwich as well, congratulations to them. They're off to Wembley on Monday and uh, playoff final. And uh, Norwich are the favourites. Um, I'm not sure if Norwich are the favourites because they finished third and it's like there's like a sort of percentage of like, 85% of teams who finish third actually win the playoff final. Um, but they're, 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 they're favourites. Um, to me, and I'm, it's not just because Borough beat us, but I just I just think Borough will... I think they'll have Norwich, I'll be honest with you. If they do what they did to us, they stop their game and they, they just, you know, big pitch and like that, I, I think they'll do them. I don't know what you think. I really... I couldn't call the game on Monday. Um, I thought Norwich were extremely impressive both times that they played us. Um, Borough have been impressive. Um, I can't call it. You know, let uh, one of you, one of you guys, might have more of an insight. But I genuinely think it might go to penalties. I, um, I, I feel like Borough. I, I'm the I'm the same as Bill. I, 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 they just. I mean, to be, to be honest, they look the best team in the league. I thought over the two legs, um, and they'd have. You know, I think 
they had a very good claim to have gone off automatically. They just came unstuck because um, Bournemouth were, um, you know, something very different in this league this season. And and Watford, although struggled to some point with um, with consistency, were just a fantastic side. I think most seasons this Middlesbrough side would have gone up automatically. I think they're a bloody good side. They are a bloody good side, and I think they got um, the momentum. Um, I'm not saying Norwich haven't, but you know they, they did. A, they finished Ipswich off pretty well on on Saturday. Um, but uh, I, I just get a feeling that it's, it, it's Middlesbrough looked. They did look strong. I bet their fans are absolutely delighted that the rail strike's been called off because I know that we gave them some stick for booking their first-class train tickets down. <laughs> that, they would have been a bit hacked off if they booked first class and then it would have been a train strike. And God, God only knows how half of Middlesbrough were going to get to Wembley on uh, on Monday with a, with a national rail strike going on. Um, and obviously to rub salt into the wounds, if they were not salt into the wounds, but um, they spelled, Wembley spelt their, their name wrong on the tickets. But more importantly, Brentford... Our name are on the tickets. I mean, like we would not have thought that four, four or five years ago. Our names would be on the tickets mm. to, to the playoff final at Wembley. You yeah. know, we're not. We may not be there actually ourselves, but that shows you. It's not the point. It's not the point. No, it's no, it's, 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 a, it's it's a marker. It's a line in the sand. Yeah, that's, that's right. We've achieved it. We need to. And that's for the go from and that, and further. that's for the borough. That's for the borough fans that actually got the tickets. Because again, just like us, and everyone harks back to old ticket zone. Remember, we had the ticket zone problem. Everyone seems to have a problem with Wembley tickets. We think it's just us. I think Preston have had all sorts of problems with their tickets, and you know they put them on sale and they took them off sale or something like that um, because they I can't remember what it was. Was it they didn't they didn't make a priority sale, so they just put them all on sale, and it's, it's all gone horribly wrong there. Um, and then at Borough as well, lots of things have gone horribly wrong up there. Like I said to you, like our ticket zone situation, where ticket zone and we bought our tickets from, all of a sudden there's some fraudulent activity and lots and lots and lots of people's credit cards, which I don't know if it's even been solved as yet. But um, Borough fans actually they forgot to send their tickets out, so a ticket master forgot to send the tickets out, so they won't get it. So Borough fans, even though they've ordered their tickets to be sent to their house, they've got to go to Borough and queue up around the block to actually pick up their tickets from the stadium around the corner as well. So, like I said to you, who says Wembley is uh, any better at ticketing than Brentford? Because we always used to moan about Brentford ticketing. But to be honest, you, there's ticket problems everywhere, isn't there? Well, the, the thing about Middlesbrough is that I, I, I understood that they, they put them on sale and then made the mistake of offering every season ticket holder the chance to buy four, uh, max, um, um, up to four tickets, um, first off, so that they suddenly realised they were going to before they were going to sell out before all season ticket holders at least had a chance to get their hand on one ticket. So I mean, bad bad planning. I'm well, sure no, our I'm... ticket office now, with the professionals it demonstrates, wouldn't would that wouldn't be a problem? Well, Can I just well, go back to the game? Can I just go back to the well, game? Well, well obviously we just you know we've had that scenario because we. Um, back in the day with Southampton. So we've been, because we've been in so many cup finals, because we've, we've had all these problems and we, we, we now have to sort them all out now. We've had to put in the tickets on sale early and they sell out in two minutes and all that kind of stuff, haven't we? I mean, we're just, we're just experts. If anyone wants to know anything about cup finals, they should just give us a buzz. Keep Brentford a buzz. In Mads we <laughs> trust. In Mads we trust. I've got, right. I'm, just, I'm just delighted I haven't got to worry about buying any tickets for a while now. That was, it was it, that, that I didn't enjoy. That's the bit of the season I didn't enjoy. I've been scrambling around getting tickets, and now oh, I've got a ticket for this and a ticket for that. And tickets. It's because you kept forgetting, though. I did. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit old school, a bit, a bit long in the t- you know. I, 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 I want to rock up the stadium and pay on the turnstile. <laughs> well, I've got a season ticket now. 
can, can I just go back to the can, can I just go back to the playoff game though? Because the one thing that the reason I favour Norwich over Middlesbrough is I think Norwich have got more firepower and they've got more strikers they can bring off the bench. Middlesbrough, I mean, they seem to place a lot of faith. Forget what they did against us, but in in the course of, of a season, in the course of these these playoffs, they seem to be placing a lot of faith in Patrick Bamford. And if he isn't fully fit, which he probably isn't. You know, who else have they got to score the goals when you think about the players that Norwich could bring off the bench? Yeah, but it's not the centre-forwards necessarily that score, is it, for them? it's um, They just seem to score. They did against us anyway, um, all round the side. Well, we'll see anyway. Playoff final on Monday. We can actually sit and watch it and relax and not worry about anything like that and dream of next season. So lots and lots and lots of activity buzzing in and around Griffin Park and the Championship at the moment. So we thought we're just going to spin around and have a chat and see what is going down at Griffin Park in the Championship and elsewhere. So this week, Brentford announced new director of football or two new directors of football, Rasmus Ankerson and Phil Giles. Phil Giles is from Smart Odds. He does the stats at Smart Odds. And we've got Rasmus Ankerson, who's actually the CEO of Mitterland, who actually tonight, congratulations, we raise a glass to Mitterland, who are champions of Denmark. They won the Danish league after drawing with Vestiland, which we think probably means Westland, uh, nil all in their game. So they actually won the Danish league today. Congratulations to them with their stats-based model. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Matthew Benham, Cliff Crown and... Uh, Rasmus and everybody over there are absolutely delighted. They absolutely whipped the ass of Copenhagen, who were like the Man United of Denmark. And uh, unfortunately, they're in the uh, they're in the Europa League, whereas uh, Michelin are in the in the Champions League next season, which is quite hilarious as well. So, but Rasmus, interesting guy. Um, he's got an interview on the Besotted podcast channel, besotted.co.uk, audio boom, uh, and just check it out. It's been really popular this week because had quite a few thousand listens, so people are obviously really interested in what he's got to say. Um, but, yeah, it's quite interesting. The moves happen straight away, and Rasmus has got straight involved in picking up a few players and sort of trying to change it and, and looking at the, the, the hiring of the new coach as well, hasn't he? We weren't even back off the coach, were we, on, on Saturday? Um, we weren't even back from Middlesbrough when, when this, these, these two names had been dropped and our, our first new signing. Um, no, I've been fortunate enough to, to chat to Rasmus um, once or twice, as I know you have as well, Bill. And he's, yeah. he, he's a, a thoroughly decent bloke, um, very okay. calm, very respectful, um, very knowledgeable. He's, he's, he's an author. He writes books about motivation He's an inspirational kind of character. He's obviously a visionary too. Um, so I'm, you know, uh, from my dealings with him, he'll, he'll, he's very much a Brentford person. Um, so he's, new, he's, well, new Brentford person. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, new Brentford person, but just a just he his persona fits fits with our club. It's, it's not it's not like a it's not a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't it doesn't seem it doesn't seem awkward. Although it's you know he doesn't probably know Brentford from Adam going back through the years. He, he, I think he he will come in and um, you know he'll help this transition to to where to wherever wherever we go. Um, um, obviously, we know less about the stats, man. Um, but I think, um, bro, um, Billy, we need to. Uh, there's another announcement today that you, you yourself, you are the new besotted statistician. 
So, well, I am actually. Yeah, I, I, well, I, well, I'm going to try. I've got to do a few courses over the summer. When I come back after the summer, I'll have all sorts of stats for you. So you'll, you know, people will just be blown away. Well, I'm I'm doing the Danish evening classes, um, <laughs> and so is Matt. And you're doing yeah. the stats. Yes, I am. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, that's been my secret um, love for years um, from when I was a computer programmer back in the days. I mean, I know all about the stats. All so right. bring it on. And we number 18 is our, is our number for the whole of next season. We've, we've decided that already. Yes, that's right. And uh, we will let people move into that later. But it's a magical number. It is. Still, but it, we've signed a new player. Akaki Gogler. Easy for you to say. Yep. Nickname Andy from... Uh, He's actually Georgian descent, so you know he's from Georgian descent, and he's from Hallisher, the team in the third division. Um, he was on loan at Osberg and St Pauli for a while, um, but he started off with Wolfsburg, and Steve McLaren was actually his coach there, uh, under eighteen and under nineteen German player, and he's been plucked out of the blue. Interesting though, because all these statos, all these of the stats community have gone absolutely mad. We've signed him up, and they've gone, "Oh my god, it's unbelievable!" Brentford have just signed this great signing, right? And most people in the world have probably never heard of this guy. I even spoke to a mate at St. Pauli, and he kind of remembers him playing for St. Pauli, but it doesn't remember him very much. He played a fair few games for him, so it's going to be interesting to see what comes up with this guy because obviously they see him as a development. They've seen the the impact that he had at his very first club, which I think he did very well. Then he dipped off after that. But they obviously think that he's coachable and he could take him up to that level again. Well, on the coach, on the way back... Um, after, what coach? When the uh, signing was announced, everybody was tapping away on their phones. And the, he's, uh, his, he's, he has his own YouTube video, like all good footballers now have, uh, you know, to tout their wares around the place. And looked looked very impressive on that. So, you know... To judge from a grainy computer, or it wasn't even a a phone screen, on a coach somewhere on the M1 on a Saturday afternoon, we're we're in for a real good prospect. But, um, you know, uh, I'll wait to see him in the flesh against Boreham Wood or Luton or somewhere before passing real judgment. Yeah, it's difficult to judge a player by um, by video, isn't it? Just a few clips of his best moments. Um, But he looked like he had bit of pace and he was reasonable with dead balls and um and he had two two feet as well. He was scored with both his feet, which is um two feet. Two feet. Rather than three. See Brentford Brentford are revolutionary you've got to be signed football players with two feet. I'm sure there are cases of players signing for Brentford just on video evidence, like Murray Jones and people, people like that. I'm, I'm not sure that anyone actually saw him. Though. Well, he, 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 he only had one foot, didn't he? Crossbridge player, you know, yeah. No, he, he, yeah, he only had one foot. I mean, we talk about he's, he's been signed up, but there's obviously the big hoo-ha about who's going to be the new Brentford manager. And uh, it's all been kept top secret. Will this be announced in the next few days, the next few weeks, the next couple of months? I mean, no one really knows, but, you know, the newspapers and, and, and the betting is, has come out. And you've seen there's all, you know, all sorts of people that have been thrown into the pot. with the, And I just wonder, because, I, I mean, I don't know too much about the betting world. And I, I just wonder, you know, how do they get these names? Do they just put them into a hat and just pull them out and just, just make it up? Because, I mean, some of them are absolutely brilliant, aren't they? <laughs> it, it, it does beg a belief some some of them i mean it it does you know it does smack of fraud most of it i, I guess i guess you know anyone anyone that's going to put decent money on who the next manager is 
probably would have to have inside information or or really i mean you know uh, but there's some there's some strange names there, there really are some strange names associated with with a Brentford job but just, I mean, they're just not they're just not going to get it's just not going to be Brentford manager I mean, let's yeah, have I mean, a look at this because, I mean, people have been talking about this quite a lot. So we've got Paco Rabanne. We call him Paco Rabanne, but pa- pa- Paco Rabanne James, OK? So he's the guy that allegedly was tapped up earlier because Brentford were going to try and get him back in the day, which probably wasn't actually true at all. But the, the story broke off the back of all of that. So naturally, they've put him at seven to four favourite because, of course, he's going to be the next manager. So everyone's probably thrown their money on him. And what's happened today? He's just gone signed a new contract with uh, his club. Oh. Who was that before end? So it's very Ralph Alacano. So it's, it's sort of suited him quite nicely. All this uh, this hype on him, you know. I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm not going to say this because I, I don't want to get into a libelous situation. But you never know who's placed that story with the times. But you know, you know, some people benefit out of it as well. So um, but here you go. Yeah, um, I mean, Jurgen Jurgen Klopp's is the other other name that's um that, you know it's doing the round. But I mean, Jurgen Klopp's he's in the market for. Brentford twenty five to one to the next Brentford manager. Lee twenty to one. Liverpool two to one. Galatasaray, the German national team. Well, he's, he's been his quotes for him for all of those jobs are around the same sort of price as Brentford, and it does look a bit odd that Brentford's name is is sandwiched AC Milan and Napoli for for the for the sort of like the, the, how they're rating his chances of getting the next job. Um, but you know. Uh, I guess, I guess you know, it is a bit of a compliment, really. That you know, he he has been linked to a club. Where the conversations have happened, God only knows. But um, we we shall see. But it just it, shows how stupid the betting markets are. I mean, where's Harry Redknapp in all this? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the thing is, it's it's how. I mean, I don't know if clever's the right word, but you, you do wonder if the if if they actually did know who was going to go, or had an idea who was going to go at Brentford. Um, if they don't actually put his name in the list, then then they're a hundred percent profit, aren't they, or whatever that is on on everybody, everyone else bets on. There is no such thing as a poor bookie. I have I have had a fiver on Billy Bean though. I mean, Billy Bean's come in at fifty-one, and if you don't know, Billy Bean's the guy who actually wrote Moneyball, and, and he, he apparently sits and he watches soccer matches, you know, in the middle of the night, and he really loves it. So they put him in at fifty to one. So if you see Billy Bean sort of hanging around Brentford down the Griffin or something like that in the next couple of days, then it might be worthwhile popping down to Paddy Power and popping on a quick fiver because well, uh, that's the. I put I put twenty-five quid on David Plate. No, 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 no. If you've ever been to Oakland in California. It's a, it's a dead ringer for Hounslow. I mean, Oakland High Street and Hounslow High Street, you could superimpose. So I tell you, you know, worth some money, worth some money. From Piri Piri restaurants. A few yeah. other names in there as well. Uh, Paul Clement, who is um, Dave Clement from QBR. That's his son, who's uh, at Real Madrid at the moment now. It's quite an interesting little prospect, that one as well, because he's a little bit below the radar, but, you know, maybe an Ito, a, a Karanka type situation. He's in at four to one, but the, the, the vibe is out that he's going to go to Derby and Derby got a lot of money and, you know, you know, bigger club apparently. So um, that looks unlikely for us. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, which I think is quite hilarious. Um, he's done very well at Burton, but no, I don't think it's going to happen there. Um, yeah, Javi Garcia, Malaga manager. I don't think so. Paolo Sousa. It's Portuguese geezer. I'm not sure, but actually, there's a late person that's just come in. Apparently, have just come into a. I think it's to Paddy Power and Sky Bet. Apparently, Andy Scott is coming and he's second favourite now. Yay! Uh, so... Yay! <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'd rather have Martin Yo or Andy Scott. I'm not sure. <laughs> 
I'm sure we're going to find out within the next you know week or two uh, who this new manager is going to be, and uh, we can get up and running and get to see the club going forward. But talk about going forward, players still. We've got our sporting director or uh, director of football, as they call it, in place, or our two directors of football. So the, the transfer malarkey could take place. So apparently the players are having their chats with them to see whether or not they're going to be staying or going, what the future is within the club. So, you know, we don't know what's going on there at all. We'll probably find out in a week or two. But talk about players coming in. I mean, I know there's been rumours of Hotter. We've been talking about that before. And people are still talking about Hotter, whether or not it's Bournemouth. Bournemouth, my mate at Bournemouth actually tells me that he goes, everyone and their dog are being um, linked with Bournemouth at the moment now. And it's pr- a lot of them are probably not going to happen. Hotter, maybe he might fit in. But what I think is interesting is uh, we've heard on the street, and you've heard it here first, Long and Terrell, we're trying to reel them in. So hopefully Long and Terrell will become permanent features at Griffin Park next season, which is a good look, I think, because, again, young, up-and-coming talent. Um, I was looking at the other day this goal that Long scored against Huddersfield, which I thought was very good. And uh, if we have a bit more of that next season, we'll be laughing. But let's see whether or not we nab them. Um, what do you reckon? I think they're two players that we've not actually seen a lot of. They've obviously been identified um, and they've... And- you know, the people in the in the know, they know that how promising they are um, at their respective clubs and um, in their respective sort of development squads. Um, I don't, I don't think we've seen enough of either player to to really, really be able to tell you how good they were going to be in the championship long term. I think Long's goals, um, he, he 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 did pop up with a couple of really, really handy strikes, um, and you know. He, Every time he popped back to Everton, um, he, he seemed to score for the reserves or the junior team or wherever he was he was playing. So he's obviously he's, he's he's proved that he can score with his cohort at Everton, and he scored um, in the Championship for Brentford. That that's a big step up. He, he proved that he can score at that level. It's not he it wasn't wasting lots and lots of chances. He, he he knows he's good enough. So if he if we can find a find a position for him. See how Andre Gray fits in with that. See if we're going to play one up front. So if we're going to play two up front. See how the style of play is going to change under the new guy who comes in. Um, and Terrell, um, Arsenal have just signed him up. They've given him an extended contract. So there's someone they rate for, for him to come to us. Um, I, I think that would be obviously um, a, a sign of intent about you know him choosing Brentford over, over Arsenal. So um, yeah, some people. He's one of those players. In the early early on the season, I couldn't fathom. I couldn't. I couldn't work out whether how, how good he actually was. And others are going. This guy's class. Um, so hopefully, he does turn out to be class. Yeah, I think um, Terrell. Um, I, I he didn't play ninety minutes that often, did he? So it's always difficult when you come on as a sub. Um, I couldn't tell you what his best position was. It's somewhere in the in the midfield somewhere. Um, but I kind of feel I still haven't worked him out, um, like you say, Dave. So there's a lot of people rate him. I'm not so sure yet. We'll see. Um, Long offers something different to what we've got at the club at the moment. Um, you know, I I think there's something there, and um, I would love to see him develop at Brentford. Two players that we've got coming back. Uh, we've got Scott Hogan, and also I hope we get back as well Marcus Tabar. Well, just want to interrupt you. Sorry about that, but Scott Hogan's not coming back. He's out for another season. Really? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah fine. Sorry. I missed that. My point still stands about Tabar, though, who um, didn't, for some reason, um, fit fit the system this year. But I hope that uh, hope that he does come back and uh, we, we get a look because um, 
there were previously very good reports about him. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of the players, or quite a few of the players, are going to they're going to be reassessed by the new coach and the new new, new team that is there. So Marcus Tabor, who sort of kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, I think he's going to um, he probably come back and he'll either be reintegrated back into the side or else he will leave. Uh, Bettinho, I think we know that he'll probably disappear because he didn't even feature that much for the uh, development side. So obviously, I, I would say, and I'm just guessing to myself that you know Bettinho didn't quite do the business when he was here, and and he isn't one of our players. So um, there's that scenario. We've also got all the um, you know the Wickham players that all the Brentford lot are at Wickham who are also you know in, in the playing at Wembley over over the bank holiday weekend. So yeah, good luck, good luck to the uh, to the Brentford. Brentford players who are, are there. I mean, um, it'd be interesting to see how if Wickham want to want to keep hold of those um, for next season. They're, they're all proven League One quality players. They they could really help them move on. So I would, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Wickham coming in with bids for people like Saunders, um, who it'll be a shame to see go because you know mm. he, he's been part of part of this transition, this 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 rise of Brentford. He's, he's played a very central part in that. Um, and you know, I, 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 I think he still could, he, he can still contribute. But I think week in, week out, he, he might be better off at Wickham. So um, be interesting to see if they come in with a, with a money money bid because he's worth money. Well, the, the interesting, the interesting one there actually, and he's putting up some trees at Wickham is Alfie Mawson. And uh, I think the thing about Alfie Mawson, I mean, I spoke to, like I said to you, uh, a quite a senior football official, a Wickham fan, who said to me, he thought Alfie Mawson was championship quality. He thought he's absolutely brilliant. Um, I think the problem that we've got is that his contract is up, uh, as far as I know, I think maybe this summer. And uh, I'm not quite sure if he's going to renew his contract, which probably means that he's going to be leaving the Bees for somewhere else. And it's going to go to a tribunal, it sounds like, which sounds like a bit of a shame because... Uh, he could have bought, you know, could have brought him into the fold, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's a really good interview with um, Alfie Mawson. Um, I think it was in uh, Middlesex Chronicle, or, um, where he, he was talking about, you know, a year or so ago when he, he thought his career might be all over, and he, he, he might he thought that Brentford, you know, may not renew his contract, um, and he, he was going down the employment offices, um, signing on and. Um, preparing for a life outside football. So for him to to, to have enjoyed such a fantastic year um, at, at Wickham and his contract being up, I think you know, I think you'd be you'd be right to kind of weigh up. You know, do I want to go back to Brentford and maybe not play very often, or do I want to seize this moment and and get lots of league experience under my belt? So, you know, it's a it's a great position for the kid to be in, and you know, I I hope I hope it continues to do well for him if he does move away from from Brentford. The good thing is, um, I think he's in a kind of a, a Will Grigg situation, as it were, from from where he was at, um, when we signed him from Warsaw, where although he's out of contract, we've invested quite. A lot in his in his development, and um, there would be a tribunal fee set, so Brentford would get some money for him, um, which would only be right. But equally, you know, so's so's the uh, the player's career going forward. So um, it'd be great to see him back at Brentford if he is that good. But you know, I could understand if he, if he doesn't want to doesn't want to stay and go go somewhere else. And to yeah, the world, Greg. You should say, well, I was just going to quickly going to say today, but you should send that Middlesex Chronicle article to uh, Raheem Sterling's agent. It sounds exactly like the type of situation that you could do to learn about. Not sure they're in the same basket, but there you go. <laughs> but listen, but talking about, I know you mentioned Will Grigg, and I know it's always become sort of a subject that creates a little bit of tension on the Besotted podcast. 
But yeah, we'll you know, talk about Will Grigg as well, because Will Grigg has been at a franchise FC, a.k.a. MK Dons, and we're going to obviously bring him back and have a look at him as well. But Will Grigg is one of the top scorers in the Division 1 last season. He's now in the Championship. He scored, you know, 20, 21, 22 goals. I can't even remember what it was, but, you know, he did the business. And he's now a Championship striker. And uh, Brentford are going to look at him as well, but they've also put a value on him because uh, franchise want to buy him. And from what I've heard, the value is a million pounds. So a million pounds upwards for Will Grigg, which is uh, not a bad investment for us. But it is. Hang on. Hang on. A million, a million pounds for, for somebody who scores 21 goals in a season. Come on. That, they'd be taking him on the cheap. I mean, surely some, a 21-goal-a-year striker has got to be worth three million plus. I'm just saying. I'm just saying a million plus is where we're looking at. I mean, I mean, Laney said a few weeks ago he'd be happy to get three hundred and fifty grand for us. I take, I take a packet of blooming Kit Kat <laughs> and a cheese sandwich for him. Million quid—that's that's what you call a proper touch. Don't sell your, Don't sell yourself cheap. Don't sell yourself cheap. Will Grigg, if he scores twenty-one goals, he gets MK Dons up. You know, get some proper money for him. You know, Brentford. We are a. We are a big club. We don't need to sell anybody. It Let's, will, you know, get a decent price. It would be like, great. Nobody goes on the cheap pounds from MK Dons, wouldn't it? That that would be a nice feeling. Uh, yeah, I would love. I'd love to get some money for Grig. Um, I but there's something that makes me think he's not going to go for three million, Nick. <laughs> no matter what you do. No he ain't going for three million. You might be the best salesman in the world, but it's not three million, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I, well, personally, I, I, I would like to have a look. I'd like to have a little peep at Greg again. I just think that he's gone away for a year and he's got so much confidence, and I think he might be a different player. And I just think it'll be interesting to see what he comes back with. Oh, after you might have to buy confidence. him a one keen season ticket next year, Mister Grant. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 no. To defend Bill, he has a good point. You know, if we've lost Scott Hogan for a year. You know, you might as well take a seriously good look at Will Grigg and we'll prove that, you know, when he fails miserably in the first two games of the season, you can pack him off to Milton Keynes, who'll be only too happy to offer you three million to take him off off our look, hands. Look, I, I you're right, I'm not I'm not a sales I'm not a football agent, but um if if someone's gonna come in with a decent bid for him, we we're gonna have to bite the hand off. You know, yeah. we, can't, we can't risk bringing him back and it not working again, and then no one wanted him. You know, if if if, if the if um if you know if, if the momentum's going for him and um he's he done well at MK Dons, the MK Dons like him. If we can get if we can get decent money for him, then that, again, you know, that's right for the player, that's right for the clubs. You know, we 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 don't need to bring him back and just take a take a you know a punt. It, it could go terribly wrong. I just don't want that Winkleman, you know, winkling. Winkling Grig out of our club for for less money than he's worth, you know. Well, we we'll see. I mean, the Grigster, he's going to be back with us for a period of time, and then in the summer, we'll see after that, eh? It's the end of the season, so we thought it's a good time to have a besotted end of season survey. Well, this sounds all. Sounds a bit corporate, doesn't it? But no, we just thought that so we're coming back. We thought we're coming back on the coach. What coach? And um, we're thinking, oh, listen, let's, 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 what was your best game this season? You know, everyone sits down there and they start pondering and thinking back on the season. We just thought it would be really interesting to see what the fans thought of their season. It's just various factors over the season. So 
you know, this has been plotted up. And by the time you listen to this podcast, go on to the Besotted website, besotted.co.uk, because it'll be up there. And you can actually vote for all sorts of things, including your like your best and worst matches of the season. Um, what's the best? What's your best home pub? I mean, what's your favourite pub that you drink in at home before the game? You know, when you went away, what's your best best away pub that you went to? You know, um, who's the best away fans that came to Griffin Park? You know, just questions like that. I mean, I mean who, who is your best away fans, Laney? Came to Griffin my Park. Best away fans were well, coming to Brentford. Um, yeah. I, well, I, I I did enjoy the Borough um, in both games. Um, I did enjoy the Reading little crew that came into our pub. I thought they were I thought they were a sound bunch. Um, um, about it really. I don't, um, yeah. I mean, I know that you cheered everyone up when you announced this on the coach on the way back because we were feeling all a little bit down, a little bit, a little bit hungover, a little bit weary. And Bill went, I know, we're going to have a survey. And, uh, and it, just, it was like everyone went, yes. <laughs> so, um, so it's, it, well, hopefully, the whole of Brentford fandom will be as excited as our coach. <laughs> what coach? What coach? Yeah. <laughs> It's fullamization of this club going on here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the other fans who were really good were Wigan. Yeah. Wigan were good. Derby were good. Yeah, they were a good laugh. You know, yeah, and Ipswich as well. Ipswich was, I mean, I mean, we did give them free beer, to be fair. They got the free pint of pride, so they were very happy with us, weren't they? And they beat us 4-2. Yeah, and so, I, thought, I thought Blackpool lot were good. They came down and, uh, you know, they, they, they've really been, they've had a hellish year and they came down in... in you know, in good spirits as well. So, um, and Brighton were good as well. They came I, down. We beat. I think them. more importantly, everyone, everyone that's come to Brentford enjoyed coming to Brentford. Every, I think, I, I think we'll be winning a few awards in their surveys um, as for best away day. I, I, I think Brentford has shown that um, you know, shown the world this year that not only do we play football, but you know what a brilliant football club we are. Watford didn't seem to enjoy themselves that much. Watford never. I don't know what they expect. Watford. They're, they're really strange. They just keep. They just, they keep moaning. They come down and they just. I mean, I know. To be fair, actually, the Watford fans that we we met, they, they were okay, and they said actually this is great. But a lot of the Watford fans, I mean, I don't know if they just. They kept saying, oh, you know, we, we like like stadium where we could see the pitch and all this kind of stuff. So whereas everyone else seems to come down to Brentford to want to be on the terrace and bounce around and go into the pubs, but maybe Watford have just got a different perspective on football and. How they the, do things. The, the Watford fans that I ran into on that in uh, Griffin Park were not enjoying the game. They were not enjoying the locale. They were not enjoying the pubs. Actually, they were a pretty nasty bunch. But there we go. Well, old school bees will know what we used to have on our scarves. What what, what Brentford fans used to call Watford fans. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any love lost there. So listen, just check it out. Please do it. We're going to be hammering this for the next week, a week or so. Then we'll write loads of articles about it just to make ourselves really happy and uh, hopefully you'll chuckle. Also, a couple of besotted videos. We've got, you know, the besotted video of the season, which is your favourite video, your favourite moment and your favourite podcast. All that kind of stuff in there. So just get your cup of tea, 20 minutes and... uh, Go through all that stuff, and it'll be really fantastic. And yeah, no, it's a, it's a good way to kind of just look back, reflect, look back at the season, and uh, you know, just just in a in a slightly bit more detail. So um, yeah, it's a good that's stuff. right. And there, and there'll be the besotted player of the season as well, who we could tell you now was won by. It was actually a joint winning by um, Tumani, Diego Gregor, and David Button drew with six each. And uh, in second place, joint second place was Pritchard Gray Hotter. And Harley Dean, who Harley Dean actually came up from the rear with uh, went from zero to three within the last or three or four games of the season. So uh, he he sort of kind of came out the traps 
with a bit of a last burst there, Harley Bean, Harley Dean. So um, so yeah, so that'll be that'll be part of it as well. So is that is that Harley Dean, son of Billy Bean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Also, a few interesting facts here. Just got to throw into the pot. Did you know that this season was we averaged ten thousand eight hundred twenty-one crowd, which is our biggest average crowd for forty-three years since the seventy-one seventy-two season when we were in the fourth division and we won promotion, which is pretty amazing. Our biggest crowd was twelve thousand two hundred fifty-five against Fulham. And our smallest was 8,765 against Blackpool, which I think that is kind of like the key. We've got 8,700, which is our smallest. Whereas, remember, seasons ago, we'd have like our smallest crowd would be like 2,300 or something ridiculous, you know. And that was probably only about three or four seasons ago. And that's the highest, lowest crowd of the season, if that makes sense, since 1958. So, uh, clap, clap, clap. Whee! Isn't that pretty amazing? Brentford crowds are on the up, um, bees are on the up, and shame we've just got a state well it's quite nice that we've got a stadium that can only hold 12,000 because it just keeps the vibe and you know keeps it kind of keeps the value of of, of those places quite high the one thing I was pleased to read this week was that Bournemouth aren't going to increase the size of their stadium so it would be a good uh, testing ground to see how uh, the premiership and uh, all the hoopla that goes with it will cope with a stadium that only holds I think Bournemouth Bournemouth only holds Less twelve thousand, doesn't it? As well, so they're, yeah, they're, they're smaller than us. They're smaller, yeah. are they? Yes. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Well, even 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 better then. That's right. But what I'm going to say, Bournemouth. Have you heard this? What their season ticket prices are next season? Mm, yes. They've risen their season ticket prices. I, 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 the exact figure, but it's, it's about six hundred and fifty quid for the cheapest season ticket. And uh, last season, I think the price was like five hundred sort of eighty or five hundred ninety quid, something, something around that. Which I thought, cool, blimey! I mean, that's 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 quite steep for a season ticket price, don't you think? I think I think uh, I'm disappointed in uh, what Bournemouth have done. I can see there there can be no reason on earth for increasing your season ticket prices. I, I've got a feeling they're a little bit less than that. But, well, it doesn't matter. Even if they put the prices up this year by by just one percent, there is no justification. If you get into the Premiership, I'm sorry. You, the the money the revenue that you'll get from being in the Premiership uh, far yeah. outweighs anything that you'll get from extra spectator and fan revenue. So there is no yeah. excuse for any club who gets promotion. Cheapest adult tickets five hundred and fifty. An adult and a junior ticket is four hundred and fifteen quid. An adult and two junior tickets is four hundred and eighty five. Yeah, I think I think. From what I read, the prices have gone up from between 30, 40 to about, even something up to about 80 quid in terms of season ticket prices yeah. risen. Well, there's just, there is Plus. simply no justification for raising season ticket prices if you if you get into the Premiership, full stop. I mean, an extra £130 million and, you know, that's a big, you know, it's a lot of money to come in. An extra 40 or 50 quid for each people, for each person over the season is actually, you know, it's a fairly decent bit of money. You might say you're playing better football, but you've also got a massive cash injection there. So, uh, and Bournemouth actually only got 7,000 season tickets and they're not raising the season ticket cap over 7,000, they said. So the rest of them actually have to pay as you go. And talking about season tickets, Brentford season tickets, 1st of June, you've got till the 1st of June to renew your season tickets and the price will be held till then. After that, it's probably going to go up again Uwe Rosler dance now when we were dancing on the tables in the globe with the Wigan fans final game of the season or final game of the proper season and we were singing Uwe Rosler dance now with the Wigan fans who were absolutely fantastic they had no idea we had no idea that Uwe Rosler would be dancing over to Leeds United in a few weeks time Uwe Rosler he's gone to a inverted commas 
big club, isn't he? He's become their fifth manager this season. Um, so I, I wonder how long they well. He needs stability. Um, they need some stability. Hopefully, you know, you can see see a whole season out. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's you know, I think um, most Brentford fans see him as a you know being a sort of a positive thing for Brentford. Um, and the only thing that kind of shadowed put a shadow against that was uh, at Portugal game. Um, you, you argue that you know at the time that seemed like it was destabilised, but in you know in, in reality it, it, we, we moved on after Forshaw left. So um, yeah, I, I wish Rosler well. Um, it'll be interesting to go back to Adam Road next year and to see how he's getting on. It, more interestingly for me is I got a feeling he'll come to Griffin Park and be looking at a few more players. Um, I don't think um, he'll be put off by a few insults up at Wigan about um, you know, for, for, for taking Forshaw. I've got a feeling players' agents and and Rosler will be in contact with a couple of uh, Brentford players to, to, to take him to Leeds. There's one or two that really would fit in well there, probably. So, um, like, like who? Well, I, I'd say Harley Dean, um, personally. I, know, I, I, I think that Harley... Um, uh, he, he's gone on. He's gone on record as saying he, he's he's unstable at Brentford. He wants to know what his future is. There seems to be there seems to be uncertainty in the players' mind. Um, and I know that um, Rosler rated him very very highly. So if the, if the player doesn't feel a hundred percent comfortable with his future at Brentford, if um, he did come under criticism. Uh, uh, and there is a new manager coming in who no one knows still yet and they don't know what improvements or what changes or what players are going to be brought in. i I got a feeling that Rosler will be sniffing around one or two. Whether they go or not, we'll see. But I think um, Rosler proved that he, he likes what he knows. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a couple of players that, you know, did play particularly well for him. Maybe, maybe Sam Saunders is another one that fits into that category. Play, players that can, can go and do a job up at Ellen Road. I, yeah, I'm sort of thinking of, like, you look at who didn't start in the last few months of this season. And uh, I think McCormack would be a, would, um, they'd love McCormack at Leeds, I think. Everybody's assuming that 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 Uve will even start the season with Leeds. I mean, Chilino's as mad as a box of frogs, and um, I think you know we talked about a betting market earlier on. I reckon there's a good bet to be made in whether Rosler will even get to the start of the season with the Leeds United I, chairman. I, I seriously, I don't, I don't see this being a long-term relationship for Leeds. They are in a complete and utter mess. And until they really get rid of their chairman, I think they'll continue to be so. Well, it's interesting you should say that, actually, because we've a uh, good, good, good relationship with you know quite a few of the Leeds blogs. And uh, there's one blog called The Scratching Said, uh, TSSLUFC on the, on the Twitter. And... Uh, um, I'm actually I'm actually writing an article for them, or we'll be writing an article for them in the next couple of days about Rosler and Leeds. And as much as they're really excited to have Rosler, you should see them and all the Leeds fans. They're actually kind of taking the piss out of themselves completely. You know, some of them are saying, "Well, you know, he should be, you know, he should make it to August." You know, and uh, you know, saying things like, "You know, does he want more than six weeks? What's, what's he talking about?" So they're actually taking the piss out of themselves, sort of saying, "Like we're in such a mess." You know, what are we getting a manager like this for? Because he's never going to last. It, it it makes you wonder actually whether you know how far Rosler's stock has has sort of gone down because 
I'm not sure Leeds is the chop every manager wants that's out there looking for a job at the moment. It's up there with a the QPR one, probably, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you used one word to describe Leeds as a big club, a troubled club, and that's probably being kind about it. I mean, I, I would have more faith on Chris Ramsey remaining as manager of QPR for a longer time than Ruve Rosa will manage Leeds. There you go. Well, I, I, te- I tell you what I will say, though, is that if Rosler is half successful with everything going on there, um, it's just, you know, he could become a, I suppose he could become a sort of a, a Leeds legend. Um, um, but it could go horribly wrong. It really could go so horribly wrong. Is this is this is this season still technically going? It is, isn't it? Well, yes. there's a yeah. one game to go, isn't there? So, so how many the the, the old merry-go-round? <laughs> so, so we must be in. We must be in. There must be more managerial changes than there are clubs in this division over over the season now. I mean, I mean, to, Warburton, I suppose, is only here technically as not being a as not being part of that. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Rosler probably. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think he might start the first of June. But they've kind of unveiled him, and uh, and they've given the other guy, um, uh, uh, Redfern. I think they've given him the the, 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 the academy job again for about the 74th time this season, have, haven't they? Have they actually told him yet? Uh, two things. One of which, Redfern, according to the Yorkshire Evening Post this evening, which I happened to see, Redfern um, is saying he's not going to go back to the academy. Thank you very much indeed. Also, anybody, if you want to read a really good piece of literature uh, fiction over the summer, uh, a book by David Peace called The Damned United. Fantastic oh. read. Um, and I think, you know, that which chronicles Brian Clough's 44 Days. As the Leeds manager, it's a it's a fictional take on his forty four days, but I reckon Uwe Rosler could be in a position to be able to write a uh, auto, or you know his autobiographical or a true to life book. Um, you know, will he last as long as Brian Clough at Leeds? But well, you, you've seen the film. You've seen the film, Damien Knight, haven't you? Nick? Yeah, 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 yeah. The the the, the, the films the films of the book. The book is better than the film. Yes, yeah. I agree. Um, but it won't be player power that's going to cause Rosler problems, will it? No, that that is true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, well, we'll see. Again, I mean, I'm gonna go back to Uwe Rosler. I think he set us up for where we are now. You know, he brought the style of football, and also, like I said, if you ever met him, and again, we were very lucky enough to have met him. He's a totally sound bloke. He's a real people person. Uh, I think he did make a few mistakes when he went to Wigan. Well, he, the first mistake was actually going to Wigan. And the second mistake was actually trying to buy four short in the way that he did. But I also think as a person, he probably put his hand up and say, actually, that was a mistake. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that he wouldn't operate in the same way again. And I do wish him a certain amount of luck at least. I say a certain amount of luck at least because obviously we don't want them to finish above us or beat us once or twice this season at all. Yeah, I, I sent him a text on behalf of Brentford fans. I said, um, you know, wish you luck in your new job. And he texts back and he, and he thanked us. So um, it's always good to have good relationships with, with, with people if you, if you possibly can. Yeah, it's not. I'm not knocking Rosler. I'm knocking the Leeds United chairman just for the just for the tape, you know. And, I, and to be honest, I, there's also the danger, and I and I just hope we don't go through this with Warburton as well because um, I, I'm sure Warburton's got a few players that. Brentford that he would, um, you know, he might come knocking for. I, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I thought it, it potentially could be one of the biggest nightmares. But what I think is, especially seeing how Warburton reacted when Uwe Rosler, who they were, you know, they were quite tight, 
And Harvey Russell, when he came in and he took four Sean, they took it in a very ungracious way and he was so angry about it. I would think that Mark Warburton, because he knows how to work the media, he knows how to, he knows manners, as we call it. If he was to come in for one of our players, he'd do it in the right way because it is business after all. And he'd do it in the right type of way and the deals would be done and the approach would be done in the right way. And, and we have to accept that. We shall see. So listen, last point of the season. It was interesting because we played that game at Wigan going into the playoffs, not knowing whether or not we would actually be in the Premier League the next time that we kicked a ball at, well, not at home, not the playoff game, but after that at home. And so the question came into the mind was, you know, Laney brought it up. He said, if that game at Griffin Park, in effect, say the Wigan game, or if you want to call it the Borough game, whichever one of those two was the last game at Griffin Park, you know, just like we were talking about when somebody's at work and it's their last day at work and all of a sudden, you you know, you have to raid their, look, look in their bags and to see what they've stolen out of the, you know, the offices, see if they've taken out the paper clips and the pens and all sorts of stuff they don't need. What... Would you steal from Griffin Park if that was our last game at Griffin Park? Go around the table here, boys. Well, I, 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 the, the rules of this one, you're allowed to nick, you're now to crowbar something away and you're allowed to buy something in the auction. Can't, we can't, I don't think we can condone skullduggery on a, on a kind of um, safety deposit box scale here. Um, but um, the two things I'd have. I'd have, um, I buy in the auction a floodlight. I want a floodlight in my garden. I want one of the ones to the Eden ground. And um, I would, I think that I want, a, I want, I want the B from from Brentford Football Club off off the off the um, Bromer Road forecourt. I want one of the letters of probably the B from that. I think, um, or Peter Gillum. Matt, I reckon I've spent. I think I, I'm entitled to something from. The new road toilets, as I think I've spent four days queuing for those over the last 25 years. So I think I'm entitled to something from that. Um, one of the hand sanitizers. Yeah, yeah, the hands. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. It seems like I spent longer than four days. Maybe I've miscalculated that. Um, and um, I have to have a pillar just to put it in front of the telly so that when I watch football, I just got to look around it a little bit. Well, which, I, which, which none of you would have seen, but I just actually did. Like a red iron pillar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick? I would want to take one of the um, concrete columns that the uh, new road, uh, sorry, the um, uh, uh, the Royal Oak End sits on. Um, showing my age here. What's it called? What's the stand? Um, the, uh, the, the Wendy House. Yeah, the Wendy House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's um, I I used to stand on that concrete um, ledge to be able to see on the terrace there, and I think I'll take that with as some happy memories. Uh, buying, I think I'd like to uh, take um, buy the pumps out of stripes and replace them all with real hand pumps at the new ground. I, I would go back to uh, kind of what Lainey said as well, and uh, for me, I would say definitely. I would uh, put an application for floodlights, I'd, but I know particularly the floodlight, the floodlight which is in the corner of the Ealing Road, the open corner, which has got the little mound bit that all the kids sit on. So yeah. I'll, I'll have I'd have that floodlight with the mound bit here, so that the kids can sit on that as well when they're at home. And also I'll turn it on at night to upset all the neighbours. 
every single night. And whole about... West London, probably. <laughs> well, I'm North London for me as well. I was a North London bee. So I do that as well. Um, but also, I mean, it's difficult because, I, you know, a couple of ideas of what else you'd take. I mean, I don't know if it's there anymore, but something that I'd always really wanted to have and I thought it would be really great, we could probably take it and um, maybe come around my house and do the podcast out of, remember Big B Radio? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's still at the back. It wasn't back for a while. They might have cleared it out. I mean, I hope not. You know, can you imagine? It'd be fantastic. It was like that just little hut. You know, it was was like a, it was like a TARDIS, like a telephone box, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, you sort of squeezed yourself inside it, and then you, you know, you started talking. You know, we can if we did the podcast, we could sort of like squeeze in every time one's got a speak. One will squeeze in, then next person to speak, you have to get out, and the next person will squeeze in again. It'd be brilliant. It'll take about four hours to do a podcast. God, God knows what's happened in that in that thing. Seventies, anything could have happened in there. Turnstile, turnstile would be good. Yeah, that could be. You know, put it in your front door. <laughs> <laughs> just, just fond memories of, of Griffin Park. You know, if it was to be pulled apart, but it's not being pulled apart. It's going to be there next season. So, look, this has been the last podcast of the season, except it's not, because we're going to be doing various podcasts over the summer. We can't give you an exact date. You're just going to have to subscribe now to AudioBoom.com, Besotted, or on iTunes. Subscribe now, besotted, because the next one will pop up as soon as it's ready. And we're thinking that we're going to do the next podcast as soon as the new manager's announced. Except if he's announced in the next half an hour, because if he does, then we're not going to do another podcast then. But, you know, whenever the new manager's announcement, we'll probably do a podcast within, you know, a week or so of that announcement, because we'll have more things to talk about. We'll have more players and all sorts of activities coming. So keep in tune about that. But this has been... Absolutely fantastic season. I can just, you know, I can, I can go on about this forever, but great season, great season for Brentford, great season for Besotted. We've had loads and loads of fun, met loads and loads of great people, um, and, and Brentford have been fantastic this season. We've got T-shirts. Just go on to besotted.co.uk. You can see our Pride of West London T-shirts. You can go to Audio Boom. You can check all our podcasts. Just listen to them all through the summer. Go through them again and you can enjoy them. Go into Besotted 1992 on YouTube and you see all our videos. There's 200 odd videos on there as well. Check on Besotted for our new survey and it's going to be having all sorts of questions. We want you to answer these questions on the survey. And hopefully, not hopefully, we will see you back at Griffin Park next season, but we will check in with you in a few weeks' time when we'll be talking about the new coach, the new manager, the new what players coach? we've got. What coach? And Lainey? Lastly, and not leastly, um, June 12th, Twickenham Film Festival. We are launching the besotted film On Our Way to Heaven, which I need to finish now. Now there is closure on the season, I can I can wrap it all up. So it will be a world-exclusive um, premiere. Um, if you go to Twickenham, uh, Twickenham Alive, um, I'll put, check out besotted.co.uk. I'll put all the details, how you get tickets. Um, it's very, very small. Um, it's not going to be a, a big thing. So um, first come, first served. So, yeah, the besotted movie. The sorted movie at the Twickenham Film Festival on the 12th of June, somewhere in Twickenham. I think it's on some Il- island somewhere. Ilpi Islands. Ilpi Islands, you know, uh, where they did lots of rock music back in the day. And there's a cinema there and we can go there and they'll be drinking and it'll be an excuse for us to go to the pub and watch the movies and watch more football from Brentford over the last 18 months that we put onto celluloid and it's going to be on the big screen. And hopefully you'll be very happy bees watching that. But listen, we've got to finish now. Besotted. 
Pride of West London, it's been a fantastic season. We're so excited for next season already because we've got a new coach coming in. But we love Warburton and we wish he'd stay. But let's, we're going to have to move on. Come on, you bees. The next season. FC, you bees. Come on, you bees. Brentford FC. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.